Hi, everybody. Welcome to the inaugural show of Coffee Shop Football with me, your host, Zach, and my co-host, Kevin Philip Fox, on the show today. It's our very first episode of the podcast. Welcome in. How's it going, Kev? Dude, Zach, it's a beautiful day when we get to talk football and share in our love for caffeine. Can't think of a better person to do it with. Met Zach pretty recently, and uh, immediately we bonded over our hot takes uh, and our love for coffee. So you guys are now just going to be experiencing what Zach and I have been experiencing for weeks, which is a lot of caffeine and a lot of takes. Yeah, it should be a good time. We uh basically just doing what we've been doing in our free time anyway, which is meeting up once a week over some coffee and just spilling all of our knowledge about fantasy football to each other. So it, it doesn't get better than that. And I do have one quick question to start the show before mm-hmm. we do our first segment. Mr. Zach, what are you sipping on today? What caffeinated beverage are you sipping on today for uh, the inaugural episode? So I'm currently in the midst of a coffee advent calendar. So oh. every day I have a different coffee um, that I pull out. So to in their little single pour over cups, which is absolutely fantastic. And wow. they come with different creamers as well. So I've been having a blast the last couple of days with my caffeine. And today was a raspberry coffee with a mocha sweetened condensed milk creamer. And it is bomb. That is of the year. Yeah. Sounds so sick. I'm so fantastic. happy that you brought out the deep cut of a coffee advent calendar for the show. Like if any, if anything, this just proves to people how serious we are about our caffeine. Um, we are. Yeah. I'm over Very here. Serious about it. I'm over here sipping on my go-to actually, which is a cold brew. Um, I went to coffee bean this morning. Um, let me tell you what listeners you might've, you know, you might've came for the football knowledge, but you're going to stay for the awesome advice on how to drink coffee. I'm going to tell you right now, you got to get a, a light amount of a, of a, of a cream or, or a non-dairy, you know, milk based, you know, I, I go with almond milk personally. It's the best for, uh, acid reflux. Shout out to acid reflux havers. Um, shout out to Tums. Um, not but, a sponsor yet. Yeah. Not a sponsor yet, but I, I go with uh, acid reflux friendly almond milk with some cinnamon powder. Cinnamon powder is a game changer when it comes to coffee. Just letting you know. That's a good call. And for some credibility here, we are both ex baristas, so like we we do know what we're talking about. We're not. We just, have like fifteen combined are, years of barista between the two of us, and neither of us are twenty eight. So yeah, kinda, a lot of years of kind of scary. The percentage of our lives we spent uh, serving up coffee. Well, let's hop right into it, man. Let's start with our very first ever segment called the first sip. So we're going in with our first sip into the segments. Um, let's start. We got some questions from some league mates, some viewers, um, and let's let's start up with the first one and go through. So I'm gonna ask you, Kevin, what is your biggest roster difference between dynasty and redraft management? That's a big question for the first one because there yeah. are some there are some nuances. If you're not a, a familiar dynasty player and you start your first draft and you're coming in just off your redraft knowledge, things are very different. Not a lot of people know that. So let's give some tips, dude. And I'm really happy that uh, this is our first question because I think fundamentally it's really exciting to break down just like how we think in terms of roster management, in terms of fantasy football, mm-hmm. in terms of the differences between redraft and dynasty. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to be super transparent with the listeners. I'm relatively new to dynasty. I'm in my second season of my first ever dynasty league. Um, and, you know, I had been listening to a lot of podcasts that touch on both for a long time. So it was very exciting for me to 
get, you know, embark on the journey, embark on the, the dynasty journey. And I think the biggest difference for me is I think initially the, the first thought is, Oh, uh, you gotta, you gotta go young for dynasty. Gotta go young. Yep. You gotta no go young for 25. Dynasty. You got it. And, and redraft. Oh, you gotta get win now players. You gotta this, that I'll tell you what I have gotten a lot, a lot, a lot of production in my two seasons out of older players who people cast it away due to their age. I drafted Tom Brady unbelievably late and I got a, a great season out of him, and I, I was able to move him for some great pieces. But that's the biggest thing for me is you got to exploit other people's. And I'm sorry for the dynasty listeners in my league. Please forgive me for saying this, but I've been exploiting you. <laughs> you have to, you have to exploit people's perceptions of age. Exploit the ageists. You yeah. have to exploit Absolutely. the ageists and consider every season to be a win now season and you have to be thinking about the future and great GMs somehow find a way to toe the line. And that's true for real football too. Somehow, some way, uh, some of the most competitive teams are going to be competitive for a long time. Look at the bills, look at the chiefs teams like that, that they, they haven't necessarily needed to mortgage their future to win the way that the Rams did. They're the perfect example. Um, I have league mates who have literally traded every single draft pick that they have in pursuit of a title and we're only in our second season. So we don't know how it's going to play out just yet, but it's a fascinating thing. Personally, I think you can simultaneously play for now and play for later. And that is the number one fundamental for dynasty. As far as redraft goes, 16 games, 17 games, you know, pick who is going to get you the wins this season. Doesn't matter if they're 37. Doesn't matter if they're 22. That's it. You have, I think you have to consider it a little bit, you know, because even in redraft, like I, I'm a huge dynasty fan and you, you know that I have, I mean, probably too many dynasty leagues. I do some dynasty work on the side um, for reception perception as well. But I, I think you still have to be aware of it, you know, because there is that drop off year. You're going to have the drop off year in players for like wide receivers. It's always that one wide receiver that goes in like the fourth, fifth round. And I think it's, I, like you said, there's just a fine line of like, people overcompensate for age in dynasty. Like everybody wants the young stars, like 23 year olds, 21 year olds. They never want to lose like their young players. And then you like throw Keenan Allen to like the dogs because he's 30 plus years. And I think that's probably the biggest tip. But I, I also think when you're dynasty management, like it, like for a title season, like depth is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people like overlook that a little bit in terms of like, all right, like you, you always see like the first first dynasty players will be like, oh, let me trade you these four players for your one stud, and you're like, okay, one, I don't want that. I don't want these like four nobodies for Justin Jefferson. Thank right. you. Um, but it, it is really important to have depth because in like, if you're new to dynasty, like the waiver wire is barren. Like if you're mm-hmm. over ten teams, like there's nobody out there that you're gonna pick up. Well, there's every once in a while, but like for the most part, like you need to have some depth. So you need to make sure like, Hey, maybe you've got some backup running backs on your roster that if the right injury falls, you've got a starter, um, made sure you have some wide receivers. You can plug and play in the right, like bye weeks. Otherwise, like you're out of luck. Like if your star guy goes down and you don't have someone there, like there's no one you need to have depth in dynasty. Yeah. And I would say to, to the spirit of the question, roster management, I've always believed in heavy, heavy, heavy pursuits of trades in dynasty because even though it's higher risk 
it's also oftentimes higher reward because if you hit, you have that hopefully yearly staple in your lineup. I went out on a limb and I traded for Ramondre Stevenson and I don't regret it. Unfortunately, involved in the trade was Garrett Wilson. I do regret that. But the running back depth in a dynasty is so valuable. And another thing in dynasty trading that I've looked back at a lot of my old trades and and people say, oh, you fleeced them or you got fleeced. And it's like you never those know. those trades, they, they come back and surprise you almost every time. It's almost awesome. never what you think it's going to be after yeah. a dynasty trade. Absolutely. I mean, they, you, you don't, and I think that's with my league mates. I think that's probably one of their bigger issues. Just like the lack of trading, like trading is your waiver wire in dynasty. Like if you're not exactly. trading, you're not trying, you have to make trades in dynasty because there's no other way to change your team. You're going to need a wide receiver and you're going to have an influx of like running backs or quarterbacks or whatever you have. And you have to make trades. If you yeah. don't make trades, you're just relying purely on like, I hope no one gets hurt on my team. Or I yeah. hope something doesn't happen. And you don't want to rely on hope in Dynasty. Like you really want to make those moves. The, I agree this, with you. You never know yeah. what the trade's gonna be. This might sound irresponsible, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that if I bomb a trade in Dynasty, I'm confident I can make it up with another trade. Sure. A season ago told me that you were gonna trade Baker Mayfield for Geno Smith. I would have been like, You're fleecing whoever just made that trade. Like that's Smith, a, and now you couldn't trade Baker Mayfield for a sandwich. So yeah. <laughs> you never you really have no idea. Depends what on the sandwich. I would think about I'm taking the sandwich, dude. <laughs> I mean, like I that was probably a bigger mistake in Dynasty going to see. I have Baker Mayfield, I think, on two of my three dynasty rosters i went out, i didn't just have him i went out and got him prior to the season and uh fumbled the bag so Zach, no do you want to hear something crazy my my dynasty trade of the year before the season started before brian robinson's injury mm-hmm. all of the drum beating for brian robinson um scared mm-hmm. me and i had antonio gibson so i traded antonio gibson straight up for a two isaiah pacheco and christian watson that's a great trade in hindsight and, I mean, I'm shocked you even got that through. I'm sorry for to say this, Baby John, my my cousin. Shout out to Baby John. It was this is actually uh, we, we're going to be answering one of your questions during the first tip today. But mm-hmm. I, uh, in hindsight, that trade is a fleecing in my end. At the time, I didn't really know how to feel because Gibson profiled as an RB two. Robinson got injured shortly after, so I thought, yikes, I might have just fumbled the bag. Watson took forever to develop. Pacheco wasn't even a thought of, uh, like wasn't, he was an afterthought in the backfield in Kansas city. And now boom, I got two starters. I got two weekly starters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You never know. I, I think that's great too. Don't overvalue age. Yep. You have to be trading. Yeah. And you need depth. There, there you go. Three great tips in dynasty that I think people overlook. Uh, let's hop on the next one. Um, yeah, this is a good, this is a good one. How do you foresee based on this year's fantasy data? the shift in first round draft philosophy between positions. And I think specifically we're going for the, the perennial like first round RB compared to late round wide receiver. I think we've seen a bit of a shift this season. There was a lot of like first round RBs that didn't pan out. The position's kind of changing. How are you going to attack your first round next season? Yeah. Um, this is going to sound absolutely bonkers, but I think we are going to see a massive, massive pendulum swing in the favor of drafting a quarterback earlier. I'm not saying first round, but earlier. If we're talking first round, I think it's about time we acknowledge that 
the hit rate for first round wide receivers is just significantly higher than first mm -hmm. round running backs. There's just too much variance at the position. There's too much, there's too many injuries. There's too many random fall offs. Josh Jacobs, nobody would have thought that he would be the RB1. He's like a fifth round running back this year. I think. Unbelievable to see him shooting to the top of, of fa the fantasy world. And he's going to be the RB1 drafted next year, probably, or at least in the top three to five. So well, long we don't know where he's going to end up. Exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I think that your Steph Diggs, your, you know, well, it's hard to say because Cup kind of was, I mean, he was. Yeah, he was great before. Barring I, mean, injury. I think we saw the shift this year. I think a couple years ago, you wouldn't have seen a wide receiver really in the first round that much. And like, mm -hmm. no one would have argued with you if you took Cooper Cup at like the 103. And it, it worked out. And a lot of people took Jay Jeff at the 104. Jay Jeff, Diggs. Fine. Diggs was slept on, I think, a little bit coming into Devontae Adams. Like, Mm -hmm. Jamar those, Chase, all those, there. all those names early. I mean, bar, uh, per, other than injury, all of those names produced this year, like outstandingly for fantasy. So I think you have to at least consider a pendulum swing. I mean, that, that positional value of running back isn't going to decrease. So people are probably mm. still going to take the shots in the early. Yeah. I mean, you're draft. still on the McCaffrey. The last couple of weeks has been great in San Francisco, and like yeah. Barkley has his resurgence again. Like I'm sure he'll float around in the first round. I think we'll start mm -hmm. to see some of the older guys drop out. Like I don't think, I don't think Cook's going to be near the first round this year. He's always been up on that cusp, mm -hmm. and like Mixon's probably not going in the first. Mm -hmm. But I think those stud wide receivers will be like Jay, Justin Jefferson's probably in the top three. So uh, would you take? So I know there's always going to be a clear cut 101 usually by the beginning of the year yeah is the positional advantage enough of like we're seeing the disappearance of workhorse running backs like every backfield starting to be a committee if yeah. there is that clear-cut 80 percent snapshot guy like a like a saquon barkley in new york or if you're hitting like let's say christian mccaffrey's at the 49ers do you think that positional advantage is enough or are you scared of like commonality of injuries that you're going to take yeah I have to be completely honest with you, Zach. Um, I would like to say that I'm so brave that I would shift it. But when I put myself in that position at the 101, I'm taking the best running back. I, I, I think 101, 102, I think those are probably where at least a couple of years away and a couple more data points away from seeing that trend entirely switch. See, I'm on the opposite. I think I am wow. very, I think I'm, I'm very comfortable taking wide receiver over running back there i think especially with the the saturation of the running backs that we're about to get in in the draft wow. class compared to like so many free agents like miles sanders david montgomery's a free agent josh jacobs is a free agent there's going to be so many moves and changes and and quarterbacks added traded type thing that i would much rather have jefferson chase Diggs. I think Adams could be if it depends what goes on with Carr for that scenario for me like a yeah. one where he's got a quarterback, but I think I would be fine with any of those three wide receivers one on one. That's fascinating. Now, as far as the earliest draft picks go, you're saying uh, you you're comfortable with wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Let's chat about quarterbacks. Are you entirely off the first round quarterback train given what we've seen this season of? They, there is a tear break. There is a difference between a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Justin Fields, who would have thought Jalen Hurts. 
would you have would you have any pause about taking a QB say at the one twelve turn next year? Yeah, in single like there is there is been that like positional advantage because this year there hasn't really been that late round quarterback. There was a lot of like hype around Trey Lance. He got yeah. injured, didn't pan out. You're not really happy if you're riding with Kirk Cousins. He's been like nothing but average. I don't think I would though. I I, I don't think. I think for me personally, my I've always been like a end of third, early fourth before I'm even considering a quarterback. And that means I'm yeah. not getting Josh Allen. I'm not getting my right. homes in a draft. I've always been yeah. like the late round QB. I think you could convince me to go early, mid second. Okay. I think that would be where like if, if I'm deciding between like a Dalvin Cook and Josh Allen, I've got a conversation in my head. Where if okay. I'm at like the 205, there's that aging running back that, this could be the cliff season or I know what I've got in Josh Allen. I know what I've got in Mahomes. Yeah. You could convince me there, which you never could have before. I think the positional advantage is great. Yeah. But I think there's something to be said with the chance that there's going to be more late round quarterbacks next year. Like yeah. you have a lot of sophomores taking the leap in like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence who are dominating at the end of the season. They're both like have multiple top 10 performances and they're not going to go anywhere near the first three rounds because you're still going to see like Lamar going in the fifth. You're still going to see probably Dak up way too high. Jalen Hurts is going to be around there as well. So you've got all those like studs of last year. Like I think you have those sleeper candidates of like if Trevor Lawrence or Fields takes a step next offseason with their rushing production, they could be that guy that we've seen in history. So I almost kind of I kind of want to like fade the like I think this year could be almost like an outlier where you have that clear cut of like Mahomes and Josh Allen as like they're really in a tier of their own. Right. Like Hertz is there too. Like those three are in a tier. That, that doesn't happen very much recently. Yeah. So I think and, you have the chance of getting them later. Yeah. And, and I understand that. And I think that's the case is that there will always be names falling off because there's only so many starters. But I'm telling you right now, I told you this you know, when we first met and it's, it's a belief that I have firmly this year there, it's like the tight end position. There is enough of a difference from between starting Josh Allen every week. And I, in one league, I took a shot on Russell Wilson and yeah, I mean, by week six, I was streaming quarterbacks. I, I, I've been rolling with Geno Smith. He's been getting sure. the job done. I'm winning games because I have strong wide receivers in that league, but every league that I didn't draft a quarterback, I've been in quarterback purgatory. And yeah, so at draft quarterback early, I should say, I mean, Russell Russ was tough too. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a bit of an outlier who, situation. Who, who, who would have thought, but it is, but it's not though. You know what I mean? Because they all are outliers. You know, we thought that there could be something going on with say Matt Ryan. We thought that there could be something going on with me. I mean, the smart ones didn't, but maybe Carson Wentz would, would put something together. And, you know, I think we're seeing that there's something to be said for the stability there's something to be said for the positional advantage. And you said you could be talked into mid-second round. Yeah. All I'm saying is 201 and 112 are the same thing. If you take somebody at 201, you would take them at 112. So I don't think I'd take them at 201. Like if Kelsey probably goes up higher this next season too. Which is but, crazy because you 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 brought, you brought up the age thing. You brought up the cliff thing. Yeah, he's going to hit a cliff at some point. Like someone's going to get caught holding the bag. Right. If you get one more year, you're a genius. That's cool. But if I'm at the 112, I think there's going to be like, you're going to have DeAndre Swift sitting there. I know he's been kind of a disappointment this year that's and that's going to keep him there. 
I I'm I want the upside at another position. I want the upside at running back or wide yeah. receiver. But, it's, there's just too much talent there. I'm I would have, want to wait till I'm looking at like a Debo Samuel or a quarterback, or I'm looking at like a someone else. In a but play. haven't we been seeing? I know this is kind of this is the chicken or the egg, but haven't we been seeing that upside in later rounds at other positions every year? Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's I mean, it's just it's it's just the 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 chances of of a running back emerging because there are two or three per team that you know you might be able to throw in i mean of course you have to start more of them that's the that's the other side of the coin it's just that quarterback has proven to be such a a position of high variance and for some that's oh well there's going to be 39 quarterbacks in a mm-hmm. 32 team season that have qb1 weeks yes that's true yeah but there's also going to be five that never are out of the top 12 yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't blame anybody for wanting the security at the top of the second it's crazy i I never thought like you have to understand i'm i'm a little bit of a purist in a lot of my fantasy takes like i said i I don't think i could take a receiver at 101 i just don't think i can get there but taking a quarterback in the first three rounds i'm all the way in on starting now and i was this year just strictly based on the fact that i just i i foresaw an mvp sort of campaign from Josh and uh I'm biased. Sorry guys, I'm a Bills fan and I'm biased. Oh, hat. <laughs> I don't mind it. I I don't think I'm in after one season. I think the scoring's been a little down this year too, which is like a, almost an anomaly compared to what we've had. It's overcorrected a little bit. Right. I don't think I'm all the way in on like all right, I'm just early round quarterback now. I I still think I can find gems later. I like the youth in the quarterback position out there. I think there'll be some people that take some steps next year that weren't there this year that I I think I'm probably still going to wait. Yeah. But I don't blame you for going second round. When before I thought the second round was too high. I was like third, fourth round was where it's at. I'm fine second and three. And that's a whole round jump for me. I think that's, that's fine. Yeah. And I, I think it's cool that we have both sort of dug our heels in a little bit on, on what we believe, but also at the same time, we're both like, yeah, I get it for the yeah. other point. This isn't the kind of take where I'm going to safety. This yeah. isn't like abolishing the kicker. Like if you still have a kicker, what are you doing? Get Come on. Out. It's 2022. We're, we're, we're weeks away from 2023. If you still have a kicker in your league, which I had one of my commissioners, you know, we still have a kicker and love a kicker. Not a fan. Nope. I hope you're listening, Jeff. <laughs> well, I think that closes that. I That's think the first should... sip. Yeah, I think we should move on. Take a take a little sip in between and let's yeah. be going. The the caffeine is percolating. I, mm-hmm. I feel it. It's getting to my fingertips by now. All right. So let's move into our segment, weekly specials. So this is going to be a little segment where we're kind of talking about some trends in the NFL, things that we're going to go over, like things to keep an eye on, like maybe something this week that if it happens again, we could see it as like a trend or maybe just like a one-week thing. Um, so let's go ahead and start off with you. What's what's something you want to keep your eye on of the weekend? My weekly special is watch out for the continued spiral of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, it might be low-hanging fruit to some, but Tom Brady beat the Bills twice a year for 15 years in a row. And I went to see the Bills play the Patriots five times in my adolescence. And every single time I was sent home sad. So I'm really sorry. I, th- I I love the turnaround. I love the image turnaround that Brady's been on. I love the the redemption tour of of he's a likable guy and now he's going through a lot. And 
that's all very real. And like, as a man, there is a part of me that's like, yeah, you know what? It's okay. Like Brady's cool. I, I can, I like I can, him more now. <laughs> I, I can, I can dig it. However, he is playing the Cincinnati Bengals who are on an absolute tear of late. And I think that it's going to be a long day at the office for the goat. I think it's going to be a long day at the office. I think he's picking up a, another L. I think they're going to be six and eight. And I think they're going to be staring, losing the worst division in football in the face. I saw a graphic. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, but it was a graphic of all of Tom Brady's worst losses of his career. And yeah, so it was it was a couple of his worst losses. And after every single one, including this last weekend against the 49ers, it was like Tom Brady's worst loss went on to win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's worst loss this season went on to win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's and like it's hard to I think I the Bucks are are just not good, but you just there's that hope everywhere. Everybody's like, well, you can't count out Tom Brady. Like you never know with Tom. Like he's the goat, and he is the goat. Like unprecedented yeah. the goat. Correct. I don't think he's the issue for the Bucks, which is why I'm like, I'm, I'm like agree with you. Like I think Cincinnati should stomp them. Yeah, and because I don't think it's Brady. I think the Bucks are kind of broken. The offense is broken. They're yeah. Defense is fine, but their offensive system is just not working without. I think the loss of Arians has been a little more effective than people thought it would be. And they're just not good right now. It's not, I don't really see anything different when you watch Brady. Like he's making some poor decisions, sure. Like they're just kind of falling apart, man. Yeah. I'll be entirely honest. They're in the history of Tom Brady being Tom Brady. This is a game he goes out and throws for 403 and sure. beats the Bengals by two scores. I just think that this season, I'm not saying he's off the cliff. I'm not saying he's cooked. He might be a little bit. He, you know, he might be he might be medium rare right now. He's not all the way. But he's 40, 45. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's medium rare. <laughs> like I just don't think that this week is gonna be the week where he corrects course. The Bengals, their their defense is their pass rush is terrifying. They got some guys. They got and those some defensive dudes. backs are playing well above their pay grade right now. Yeah, I I am hot. extremely disappointed as a Bills fan by the resurgence of the Bengals. I'm stoked for their fans. I'm stoked for the NFL to have another great team and for, to have another great story. And your favorite player, I, I thought I was going to let you drop the nickname, but Joe Shiesty. Joe Shiesty, as, as Mr. Joe Zach Shiesty. likes to call him. And, yeah, and, absolutely. And and he's he's a great story. He's a great story, and, and I, I'm stoked to have him, uh, you know, showing up this season. I think I think uh, that AFC dogfight at the top between Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati is going to be a terrifying, terrifying thing to watch. Unless you're not a Bills fan or <laughs> or a Chiefs fan or a Bengals yeah, fan, yeah. then you're going to enjoy it. You're going to have the time of your life watching these teams duke it up. But um, so that's my prediction. That's my bold roast prediction of the week. Or sorry, that is my oh spoiler alert. That is my weekly special. Weekly special. I think that's a good thing to watch. I think it's time to stop viewing the Buccaneers as anything different than the Packers right now to yeah. where it's just, they're a fumbling team. They're not as good as they were last year. And neither of those quarterbacks are probably going to be there next year. So yeah. it's, it's time to move on from the Bucs. Couldn't agree more. Okay. How about you, Zach? What's your weekly special? Yeah, I want to, I think it's, we should talk about Desmond Ritter. I know you have that on the show doc here as so yours, happy. but I think, it's a good time to talk about that. I think he's going to be a lot of eyes on him. He wasn't a high round capital, but mm -hmm. 
third round quarterback, one of the only other quarterbacks in the draft that's get to play this year. Mm-hmm. I think Falcons fans need to see what they have in him. I think it'll be important. I think you're a little more optimistic on on Ritter than I am. I I didn't didn't think he was super polished as a quarterback prospect, and I don't think he's got a lot of experience from Marcus Mariota or watching the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I think they may throw the ball five times this game. Uh, but I think it's important to keep an eye on him. Like if, if he has a good game and goes out and has a good season, that changes a lot for the Falcons upcoming draft. They don't have as high of a pick as I think they planned on having. So it can change what they do. Maybe they go after a veteran quarterback. Maybe they keep Ritter. What do you, what do you want to see out of him in his first start? I was actually, uh, before the show, I was comparing what I think we could get from Ritter to what we got from Kenny Pickett in his first start. I'm not looking for him to set the world on fire. I'm not looking for 300 yards. I'm not even looking for multiple scores. I'm looking for him to show that he is a competent, potential quarterback in the NFL. I'm looking to see, is he making the right reads? Is he bouncing back from his mistakes? Because you're going to make mistakes as a rookie. There's no way. And you said it yourself. The Saints have a pretty good defense. That's not the ideal uh, defense to to trot out for your first, for your first start of your career. But I'm looking for one of our favorite words. I'm looking for the moxie. I'm looking to see, can this guy show us that there's something there that's worth maybe not building around, but at least entertaining for another split second, because he, he not, not, not first round, not second round, but third round capital is not nothing. No. So so it's worth it's worth keeping our eyes on I think and and that's why it's a great weekly special and I'm looking forward to talk talking a little bit more about Ritter in one mm-hmm. of our future segments. Yeah. And I just want to see more than what we saw from Malik Willis. I want like yeah. I don't I want to see competent quarterback play. I don't want to see like two interceptions, but I just want to see some competency. I'd like to see at least some juice in the passing game to be like great. If the Falcons don't have a high draft capital and don't get one of those studs in the draft that there's hope for Kyle Pitts and Drake London next year. They were not just lost in the sauce with the Falcons. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Malik Willis comparison is a great one. Cause I think if you look at bad first NFL starts, there is the Kenny Pickett side where it's like, Oh yeah, I see what, I see what there is there. I see what, what, what they got. And then there's the Malik Willis side where it's like, Okay, I mean, yeah, you can't rule him out for the future. He's got he he showed the athletic upside, but my goodness, that was a that was dreadful. That was a dreadful watch. Yeah, yeah. No, he needs more time for sure. So I'm I'm interested too. I think that's a good one to keep an eye on. So let's get some more exciting. Let's get to the exciting part of the show. We're gonna do it. Bold bold roast segments. We want the bold predictions. We want the the juice. The things that are our gut calls for the season. So. Let's drink some bold roast. I'll, I'll is, go ahead and start off on this one. Please do. Bold roast yeah. prediction, Zach. Start us off. The birth right. of a segment. So I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. Been on a hot streak. I think he comes crashing down to earth this week. I think the Dallas Cowboys give him the business. I don't think that offensive line can hold the pass rush. I think they were kind of embarrassed by Houston last week that that game was so close. Um and I think the Jaguars might be riding a little too high after the beat and the Texans. I'm not the Texans, the Titans last week. So I think the Cowboys hold him to maybe 200 yards passing in a touchdown, poor output, and rough game. I He would be my uh, shocking sit for the week as well. So I think he falls back to earth this week. I love the take. Um, Dallas's defense has been lights out this season. 
Um, the Jaguars have had their stretches of ineptitude, but it's only stretches. You know, they've they've put it together enough this season to be looked at in a more positive light than they have in the past. Yeah, Trevor's not a joke clearly, anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and Trevor's clearly turned a corner. Um, mm-hmm. so we're not taking anything away from his development on the season. That being said, I will say this much. I, I I'm going to support your bold roast prediction. I'm going to I'm going to uh, fill my cup with with what you're brewing. Um, however, just for whatever it's worth, I found a lot of defenses in fantasy that I would rather stream than start my go-to Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, we talked about that earlier in the week. I think I think it's fair to be a little scared. The Jaguars clearly like the Urban Meyer season just doesn't count. It's a blip. What a joke. Yeah, um, awful. There was like an audio clip from one of the linebackers talking about Trevor Lawrence being like, yeah, he didn't have a rookie season because he played for Urban Meyer. And that's just the truth. Like, that's real. It's a joke of a team. It's very unfortunate, but here we are. We're in this world where yeah, second year Trevor is basically putting it together like you'd hope a rookie would, which that's great. And there's mm-hmm. another, you know, the third year jump is very real. We've seen yep. it time and time again. So I'm very, very eager to see what happens with Trevor. However... Didn't intend to rhyme there, but that was a bar. However, I'm not really sure if if it warrants a fantasy start in your playoffs. Which, by the way, happy playoffs, everybody. We haven't happy even playoffs. talked about that. Fantasy playoffs underway. Um, I will be making the executive painful decision to cut bait with the Cowboys defense because their schedule rest of season is bad. See, I don't think I agree with you there. I... Uh... I think they're good enough that they're almost a lock. Um, I think they're, you're they're, they're just disruptive. I think that like they may not keep a team to less than 14 points every week, but they're going to get an interception, a fumble, multiple sacks. Like they're good enough that at that that I don't care about their matchup. You're absolutely right in terms of if you're looking for a safe floor. I think they have a pretty safe floor, but I don't know if you've looked at your waiver wire, but these some of these streams these next couple of weeks are they're wow. they're disgusting. No, no, it actually believe it or not, there you can find bad defenses that have crazy matchups. I'm starting the Chiefs yeah. this week against the Texans. Yeah, the Texans, and I don't know if you saw the notification just now, but Damian Pierce, Nico Collins, and Brandon Cooks have all been ruled out. Huge. You're kidding? No, no, just pop fire up. Fire up your Chris Moore. Fire yeah, up I mean, your Chris Moore. That's that's so gross. That's their yeah. whole offense. Kansas City, you know, can I just say I'm gonna put my that may be the number one defense of the week. Easily. Um, yeah, like if I mean, you have Kansas City on your waiver rise, like just fucking roll them out. I'm gonna strap my Homer goggles on real tight and say, why does Kansas City get these cakewalk matchups all the time? <laughs> why 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 does cakewalk it... matchups when the why... the Eagles have played nobody? that's true no they oh they're a perfect example yeah mm-hmm. well, well, it's just it feels like i'm i keep waiting for them to be tested and Josie supposed Jules to be goes out picks off mahomes twice broncos country let's ride goes out there and and almost beats them that's not the chief's fault though like they were supposed to be challenged that, that whole division was supposed to be just a hot race of like the chargers the broncos <laughs> the new look raiders and the chiefs like before the season, people were talking, maybe we have four playoff teams here, and they're 
god awful. They were talking about the AFC East. They just didn't know it. They were confused. They were right. geographically confused. They <laughs> messed it up. When now the AFC West is it's the Chiefs again. But that's oh. not like they were supposed to have a tough schedule. It was supposed to be right Arizona week one. You got Kyler Murray pay something. Then you got a grind against the Chargers. You got the Buccaneers. Buffalo, San You're Francisco. Wrong. You're not like, wrong. Like they weren't supposed to have a cakewalk. But and I'm, then the but, second half was just. But light. that's what's so frustrating. And to see the national pundits. I mean, look, Zach. I don't, I've told you before how I feel. I have a lot of respect for all different sorts of analysis. But mm. there is a degree of disrespect for Buffalo for not. Colin Coward always says they don't have a uh, they don't have a, a jab. They only have a knockout punch. They're five and zero oh in one score games the last five one score games like it's crazy i i i find it to You're be counting the vikings one score game where they went yeah maybe it's games. maybe four and one <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what i mean it's just it's absurd to me that that the, that the chiefs continue to get a pass for whatever mm-hmm. reason you know and and the people they're are great off the team i mean they're great they're great but, you, you but, get a pass when you've proved it in the playoffs to me when when you're not like you can have a cakewalk of a season and then first round exit and i'm like all right you're a joke like sure but the chiefs have like they're a playoff team they're a super bowl they've, team they've like they've, they've got the juice now that like it doesn't matter that they have a cakewalk season to me if they also win the afc title and move to the super bowl like you're right i've shown I, it before I absolutely just needed to get on my soapbox for a second. My my homer goggles are off now, and I can admit that it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a three-team mm-hmm. dogfight. Um, I want to say you heard it here first, but I'm pretty sure that's the consensus right now. I think so too. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of a fourth AFC team. I guess. I mean, people. I mean, the the Dolphins bandwagon has cleared out fast. I'm still. I still believe in them. I like Mike McDaniel a lot. I think they I think they have some the quirks they need to fix on offense, but I think they're still Are you afraid at all of the last two games? Are you afraid that that sample size is going to grow? No, not specifically. I think I think San Francisco's defense is the best in the NFL. I don't care when teams struggle against them really that much. That's mm-hmm. like, yes, you're going to, they, they've been phenomenal these last couple of weeks. We would just watch them hand the Seahawks their business. Yeah, that was nuts. And the Chargers, it, the Chargers is more interesting, but they have a good defensive game planner. Brandon Staley puts together like a good defense. Yeah, I respect Staley-ish. Uh, I think they they watched the San Francisco game and were like, let's just do that. Let's just take away the middle of the field. And I don't think yeah. Miami thought that the Chargers would be able to do it effectively, yeah. which it might have been like an overlook. Right. I think they will rally this week and have a better game plan against the Bills. Not necessarily like winning the game, but I think they will look more like the Dolphins before the bye week. And then I think they can continue that for the rest of the season. I'm not sure if they're really Super Bowl contenders in my mind, but I think they will look better than they have. I think that's a fair point. I, I agree with you. I uh, I've been giving Tua his flowers. Finally, I I was very, very hesitant to embrace the Tua breakout campaign. I think I'm I'm all the way there, despite his There's recent struggles. I was a hater. I was a hater. Admittedly, I uh, you know I, I think it's very easy to just give quarterbacks credit when they're on winning teams. But it doesn't sure. necessarily mean that they do anything special. I think he's got some traits that are special. I think his accuracy yeah. is pretty special. I, I think, think his, his decision making is solid. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty sharp between the ears. Um, the traits 
are probably always going to be the boon to his true potential. Sure, in lack my of arms. That's always what yeah. everybody points at. Yep. He's he's athletic enough and and he's got some zip. You know, he he uh he doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't I wouldn't say he has arm strength, but he can he can he can, he can thread there. the needle. He can yeah. thread the needle. So enough. So we'll see. We'll see how that unfolds. I mean, look, I'm I'm gonna be in my ivory tower until Mr. Allen retires, but I'm gonna bang the drum for Tracy and Toolsy quarterbacks. I just think that the toolsier, the more likely to succeed if they have it mentally and if they can put it together. I think Justin Fields is a shining Fantastic. example. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just, like I said, I, I'm, I'm in an ivory tower over here with, uh, with Josh Allen panning out. So it's easy for me to say, but, and, and go ahead. I was going to say, let's reel it back to your bold take. We got to get your bold take in here. Absolutely. I'd be stoked to share my bold rose prediction because it's, it's, I don't think it should be that bold, but Vegas seems to mm-hmm. think it's bold. And people I've talked to about football seem to think it's bold, but smash your Baltimore Ravens plus three this weekend. You guys smash it. Okay. Tyler Huntley is a perfectly capable and competent backup quarterback. Cleveland has been virtually a dumpster fire. I I have little to no respect for whatever they can put together other than a running game, you know, but I'm pretty confident. Well banged up recently too. Yeah. I'm pretty confident in Baltimore this weekend. As crazy as that sounds, I wanted to give a a bold rose prediction for Saturday because how freaking awesome is a Saturday triple header. Yep. Oh my God. Just that gets in my bones. I'll take football Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's great. You should, you should start a petition. Actually. I'm down for that. I think the players would kill us. Oh yeah. I think. Yeah. No, you'd have to have an, an NBA right. type schedule. It couldn't be as regular as uh I love Thursday night football. I but I understand the concept of getting rid of it. Yeah. Like that must be like can you imagine playing on Sunday and then being like no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, back at football? Like no. When I play I any it. sort of physical sport, I need two weeks minimum. <laughs> I fucking if I walk to my car a little fast, I need yeah, I need a week off. <laughs> Winded. Just went. Yeah, I I agree. I uh, I'm very jazzed to watch fo- football all day Saturday, and that's a game I'm going to be paying close attention to. And my bold rose prediction is that Baltimore handles their business. I I think that Baltimore is I an underrated is team. I, I I I'm glad that you think so because I think they might be underrated for a reason right now. I mean, they've been pretty bad. They barely won a game against the Steelers. Barely barely won a game against the Denver Broncos. Like. They've been rough. Their but they had their been... third string quarterback in the game for 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 that. You know, sure, could... but they did it against the Broncos. You know, like you should the, win the Broncos game. who almost beat the Chiefs. Did they almost beat the Chiefs? They they were they were a lot of garbage time going on. They were a touchdown they away. Were, yeah, they were down like twenty four zero at halftime. Does that count as almost beating the Chiefs? They had the ball down seven in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Kansas City made a lot of mistakes there, but I don't think that game was really close. I'm watching. Uh, uh, my bold rose prediction is that that we see that maybe the maybe the Denver uh, washing or the Denver barely beating isn't as bad as we thought. Maybe the uh, maybe the Tyler Huntley performance we got last weekend is not indicative of what we're going to get from Tyler Huntley. I've been a believer uh, of his. Believe it or not. I taxi squatted him 
my first year as a dynasty player. I'm in my second year as a dynasty player. I've been taxi squatting Tyler Huntley because I actually think that he has a chance to sneak into a starting job in the future. I mean, there's the Juice. quarterback position is so is so thin beyond the top 12 to 20 guys. So I would say bold rose prediction. Baltimore takes care of their business Baltimore. against Cleveland. And, you know, and I think they, I think they, uh, I'm definitely taking them to, uh, you know, cover if you will, or, or, but I, 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 I think they'll win. Do you want to give us your second bold roast? Yeah, let's throw it in there. Um, look quick on this one, but I think Baker and the Rams cover against the Packers on Monday night football. I, not not that I'm a, I don't think Baker is turning his career around. I think the Packers kind of resurgence has been a little bit falsified. And I think that's going to be a close game. And if you told me the Rams win another one, cool. I, I think they can cover. I'm with you on that one, actually. I, I think it's bold, but I think it's the kind of bold that I can I can get behind. You know, I, I you pair that bold roast prediction with uh Boston cream donut and you're in business. I, uh, I'm thinking, you know, the artist formerly known as Broadway Baker in his second primetime game with the LA Rams, the primetime Hollywood Super Bowl reigning. reigning. Yeah, Yeah. obviously, obviously that's seven point dogs right now. Say again. They're seven-point dogs. Oh, they're seven-point dogs. So the Packers are favored to win by a touchdown with an over/under of thirty-nine and a half points. Yeah, he can so, he can cover that. I think they can cover. Yeah, just just, just wait until there's two minutes left in the game, <laughs> and then and, give him the ball, and he's gonna he's gonna go crazy. Um, give me no, your last one. My final bold rose prediction of the week is going to be, and this one, if I was a better man, if I was a stronger man, I might pick an upset. That's but I'm crazy. I'm looking at Chicago to give Philly a scare this weekend. I don't think that it's going to be any sort of, uh, you know, they're favored more. It's an eight and a half point spread in eight that and game. a half point spread. But you know what? They were seven point favorites over Indianapolis, and they beat them by one point. That's yeah, it's and fair. That's in, and that's Indianapolis. Like they lost to the Commanders. Look, Philly's been putting it together. They've been winning games. That's important mm-hmm. if you're going to be a Super Bowl contender. You have to be. You have to put win ugly, and and they have been. I think this is going to be a win ugly game for Philadelphia, and I think that Justin Fields' legs are going to be unbelievable. Right. It's going to be an unbelievable <laughs> weapon against Philly because they're they're not known for their rushing defense. No. So I'm looking at I'm looking at Chicago to put together a couple drives. I'm looking at I would say probably if I was if I was a betting man, which I am, I'm looking and at a tw- <laughs> I'm looking at a 28 to 24 game. And I'm looking at a Chicago cover. I'll say Chicago covers. I, 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 I'm confident in that. Variable. That 28 to 24 calls, their over-under is 48 and a half. So that would put you just over over on the game. I, I would take the Bears' over. defense is horrendous. Um, so that's true. They're going to get picked on for sure. I don't know, man. I That's it. Yeah, bold. Yeah, Bold. Got to stick with it. Yeah, and right. you do you have one more? Bold roast or do are no, we, that's it for me. we're yeah. moving on. Trevor Lawrence back to earth. Baker covering. You got smashing Baltimore plus three, and then Chicago gives Billy a nice scare. So speaking of being a betting man, Zach, yeah. what are we thinking about for this next segment? Prop for prop. Prop it's time to for go. Prop. 
We're going to keep track of this too. We're coming we next week. To. We're going to see what props we hit. I'm sure we'll both put a parlay on on this as well. That should be a requirement. That should be a requirement of our segment. We have to put where your mouth is. We yeah. have to actually take these parlays. I love that actually. So That's this a good segment, idea. We're going to go a little I guess we'll make it a little head for head. Not not DFS fully, but we each picked out five props that we feel good about. We'll parlay it before the week and we'll come back it. next week and see how fucking wrong we were on all of these. <laughs> so go go ahead and start. Let's hit your props. Give me each of your props and give me a little bit, just like a quick why you think this. I'm going to stay in the same realm that I was in for my bold rose prediction. And I'm going to start with J.K. Dobbins hitting the over on 48 and a half rushing yards. He had a fantastic debut coming back from the surgery. Much to my surprise, I picked him up in a couple of leagues. I saw him, I IR'd him, and now I have a fantasy starter in the playoffs because yeah. Ramontre went down and I've lost just my my team is is just a graveyard at this point. But I'm still here, so I'm still gonna field the starting roster. J.K. Dobbins 48 and a half yards feels borderline criminal given how at stretches of, of the season how bad Cleveland's uh rushing defense has been. So 48 and a half yards feels like free money to me. Yeah. I'm with it. His knee injury scares me a little bit in the long run, Ted. but it's Ted. just, yeah, Cle- I think he can do it on Cleveland. Cool. You want to give me your, your first one? Let's roll, roll through your list. You Let's want me to roll through, through my list? I'm happy to. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm on a roll right now, man. I'm telling you, I got a l- little less than half of this cold brew left, so I'm still kind of, I'm, I'm not quite, I don't have the shakes quite yet, but I'm getting there. Michael Pittman Jr., who has been, I would say for the most part, disappointing this season. Yeah, in fantasy, pretty consensus. He's I think you could say that. Um, they have a fantastic, I'll go out on a limb and say cupcake matchup against, Come, yeah, who's that? Vikings, yeah, your Minnesota Vikings. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and this, this My feels 10 good. To, three Minnesota Vikings, let's this not feels just good to, oh, you're right, no, you're right, yeah. we just lost to the Lions, you're right, a team Buffalo handled easily. The Lions um, are a good team, no, the Lions are a good team, good so, team, so are the Vikings. I'm, I'm just Talking smack. Doggin. I'm going to take Pittman over five and a half receptions. I think if it was a yardage line or a touchdown line, I'd be a little, I'd have a little bit more pause, but so much of that offense, especially with Matt Ryan has been the five yard out, you know, funneling yeah. targets to, to Michael Pittman. And look, I don't know. I haven't heard much about, uh, it, do we know is Paris Campbell? He, he's fired up, right? He's, yeah, he he's should playing. Be, yeah. he should he's playing, and he's how's he been? How's his recent stretch has been? Has he been on as much of a tear Let's as see. he was? So Campbell has been no, not really. Last couple yeah. games, five I, for six, seven, two for fourteen, four for forty-three. And then I've foreseen a little bit of a crashing down to earth for for Paris Campbell for a while, and I think this week we we see that further solidify in some action for Michael Pittman Jr. Um, to give support for your. Pittman claim he's been seven receptions, six receptions, seven receptions, but then two last week against Dallas. Not last. That's week. a little scary. Yeah, that that's that's not that one's not ideal. But I think Dallas's right. defense is a little bit different than the Vikings. <laughs> those those numbers definitely do give me a lot more confidence. So 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 far I feel I, I'm really gonna do it, man. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw the money down. Desmond Ritter sticking with my confidence that I gave him earlier in the show when you said as a weekly special somebody to watch. I know I'm a little higher on him than you are, but I think we both are very much just waiting with bated breath to see what he has. Last yeah. time I checked, his rushing yardage line on sleeper is 24 and a half. That feels like free money 
You've never seen him before. I feel, I feel like rookie rookie or like new quarterbacks rushing yards, even when they're running quarterback, are always too low. Like they're Fields always too low. Forty yards for like six weeks, and that was just free money. This like, this looks like something. Given the the offense we've seen them trot out mm-hmm. this year, I feel very confident that Desmond Ritter is going to rush for at least I would say between thirty and fifty yards confidently, and then you know who knows if he if he ends up getting some juice, if he ends up getting some you know, busted plays or, or big scrambles. You know, I think that's, I think that's a, a safe bet. I like um, it. My next one is also going to be my shocking sit of the week, which I believe you had your shocking sit of the week was remind me. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Pretty confident. Not, about. Yeah. I think that's a good call. I mean, he is playing Dallas. Um, so that's kind of like a, you really have to have some, 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 some steel ones. If you're going to throw in uh, his three straight matchups are actually horrendous he's got dallas the jets and then houston which i know houston seems like a cakewalk but they are number one against quarterbacks whether because whether that's not playing it's or, because they it's because they hemorrhage yards on the ground it's fine that's, it's that's why yeah bad. no you're absolutely right if if lawrence was a running quarterback i would say he would have a little bit more of a of a stake to play in that one but yeah i would say bench your trevor lawrence's jeez i might i might even cut him Gary for the playoffs it's might even cut him um so my shocking state of the week is going to be Mike Evans. Um, and I'm taking the under on his receiving yards. I hate to do it because oh, I'm such point. a fan, such yep. a fan of Mike Evans. He's been so great his whole career, but I will tell you this much this season. He has hurt me for the last time. <laughs> he will be riding the pine rest of the way on my dynasty team. Can't yep. do it. That's tough though. It's tough to bench someone like him because it's there's not tough. like, if you don't have a clear cut, better option too, like, it's hard. You want to throw out some names that you might start over him. I will be confidently starting Christian Watson over him. Right, riding the touchdown. Right, riding, riding the touchdown streak. Um, I in one league, I I think it's easier to say when Mike White's the quarterback, but I would probably start Garrett Wilson over Mike Evans. Tough now. It's tough. I think with Zach, before, yeah, I'm cool with that. But Zach Wilson's oh. I'm gonna have to see what I'm gonna have to see what kind of what kind of cloth I'm cut from by come Sunday because I don't I don't know, man. I'm scared out of my mind. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna bench Evans. I'm I'm gonna flex. Uh, I believe Pacheco over cool. Mike Evans. Fine, These man. are all choices that I I like. I said he's hurt me for the last time. If yeah. he if he goes for 36 points on he my bench, I will. I'll yeah. live with it. Yeah, I agree. Cool. I agree. Last but, not least, last, last but not least, these are always fun. I love these. Um, I'm going with an, a shockingly low rushing yardage total. I'm going under for Andy Dalton, four and a half yards. I just love those props because if you take them and they get that one play, if you take the over, you're like, I'm a genius. And if they get the under, you I, wish you were genius. dead. <laughs> if, 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 if you if you take the over and 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 Andy Dalton and the other, on yeah. a broken play you know it's for like 12 yards <laughs> it's 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 an exciting it's a, it's very risky it's very you, going with for such a low total it's very risky you have him on the under for I'm half. confident this week I'm confident for the under yeah. because I just don't see it happening I I, I feel like those that I, I took the you know you and I have talked a lot about use check he always has shockingly low yardage totals and he had a six games in a row stretch this year where he was like over 30 yards and his lines were like 12 and a half and i was like free money free money free money last night after a couple weeks in a row of goosing i confidently took the under seven and a half on use check and it it, it cashed so 
there we there we go. I'm I'm sometimes I'm gonna go go on the same I'm gonna go out on the same limb with Dalton and say that he doesn't have a busted play. He doesn't have a scramble. He doesn't have a ridiculous QB option that goes for five yards. I'm gonna say under four and a half confidently. Here parlays. We got J.K. Dobbins over 40 and a half rushing yards. Mind you, these are all on sleeper. By the way, if you're looking for these lines, we use the sleeper prop for that. Very fun over unders on sleeper. It's, it's, you're literally setting money on fire if you do five legs all in. <laughs> but I can't help myself. I do five legs all in every time because I'm a degenerate. So we got Pittman over five and a half receptions. Ritter over 24 and a half rushing yards. Evans under five fifty eight point five receiving yards. And Dalton under four and a half rushing yards. I feel so good about that. Feeling confident. Ride that five-game parlay, and we'll see how it hits back next week. Let's go. I'll hit you with mine here quickly. Um, going back to that Colts-Vikings matchup, we have Alec Pierce over 38 and a half yards receiving. I'm pretty confident. As a Vikings fan myself, I know the secondary is garbage. And Matt Ryan and, my, and Alec Pierce have a bit of a connection together. He's yeah. He's been putting up some games. His receiving... Yards haven't been great lately. A little hurt, but 0, 28, 0, and then 86. There so you're really riding on last week. But before that, he was hitting 61, 80, 81, 49, 37, and 65. So those are good lines back when Ryan was healthy starting. Yep. And I think the versus the Vikings, they're going to have to keep up. I think the Vikings offense can take the Colts to yep. the house. So I'm fine with Alec Pierce over. Um a little contradictory to your bold prediction, but I have Miles Sanders over 68 and a half rushing yards. I I think they will be up for most of the game there. I think they can get out to a hot start. Um, Chicago is not a scary matchup for a run defense. And in games that Philadelphia is winning, Miles Sanders tends to pop off. So I like his 68 and a half over. I'm I'm all um, in so far, Zach. I think you're you think you're 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 good. Maybe my favorite prop is Keenan Allen over 70 and a half yards. That feels really easy to take for me. Um, run through since he's been back. He has hit 94 yards, 49, 88, and 92. Three out of four. Three out of four. And they're against Tennessee, who has no secondary at the moment. Yeah. I think he can easily carve up that defense. I don't think the Chargers can run the ball effectively. So I think he crushes that. Um, we'll take right here is Gesicki under 16 and a half yards. Who cares? Love not, it. not that important, but like. Love it. I think he's been at zero the last three weeks straight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zero, zero, zero the last three weeks with less than a 50% snap share in the last two. So under 16 and a half yards. Feels like a gimme. Sure, he could bust it. But the Bills have a good defense. Going to yeah. be kind of a snowy game. Yeah. I like over there. And then last but not least is Brady under 279 yards passing. Um, probably the least confident about that one. I like it. Just, just following on what we think is going to happen. I think Cincinnati's pass defense is still underrated by the public. I think they are still yep. viewed as like this hemorrhaging unit when they're not. They're actually like a really tough matchup for opposing yep. teams. Brady has been floundering with the rest of the offense. So I think he could hit that under. I think they may try and keep it on the ground a little bit more, get that offense. So under that, so that puts. I think me the at, the over hits in a if it if it hits it hits in a backdoor fashion. I think maybe Brady's down two scores and he's dumping the ball off to Scotty Miller and Leonard Fournette for twelve yards at a time, and I could just see him sneaking up past that. But I I like the I think your process is sound. I'm confident with it. So yeah. I puts me Alec Pierce over thirty eight and a half. Miles Sanders over sixty eight and a half. 
Keenan Allen over 70 and a half. And then for my two unders, we got Gesicki under 16 and a half and Brady under 279.5, which means both of us follow my strict rule here, which I, I noticed you threw them in there, but we've talked I did it for about you. this before. When you're parlaying, you need to throw in an under or two. Yeah. Because yeah. statistically, and this is uh, so many people make this mistake, and I get it because overs are fun. They're, They're fun. so fun to take. It's someone to be like, what if this game goes to a shootout? And that's where the money goes. You need to take an under. Yeah. Statistically, unders are more just more likely to happen. You never know if someone's going to get hurt, if the weather's going to pump up, if maybe like halfway through your quarterback goes down. That changes everything when yep. it's so many more likely to take an under. You have to sprinkle in some unders into these parlays. I am working so hard on 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 learning to take the under. I I I've Googled like how to stop betting the over and I'm in rehab. I'm in over rehab. Um so far so good. Um I've been I've been a little bit better. I took Geno Smith under fantasy points last night. Mm-hmm. Would have made would have made a nice would have had a nice payday if uh, Robbie Gould would have kicked a couple field goals, but I'll I'll live and die by the uh by the mostly over but sprinkling unders in rule that that's i think that's a good rule classy yeah gotta stick to that definitely the first inaugural coffee shop football episode we made it we we got through uh an hour of talking about football with some caffeine we have to hold back on the hour (laughs) coffee related puns that was really that was really fun cast yeah i was gonna say how how uh how how long has that been empty for zach Probably about half the episode. Yeah, I kind of drain it. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm sipping on a cold brew, so I'm nursing. You know, I'm being, I'm trying to be responsible over here, man. Well, I hope you all enjoy our first episode. Tune back in. We'll be doing these weekly. Um, Kev, tell them where they can find you. I see you have yours up here already. Absolutely. I'm at the Buffalo Trill on Twitter, and I love posting Bills content, memes, football takes. Um Basically, just I'm actually in the process of expanding uh, Zach and I, a couple of my other friends over at uh, Legit Football. As much as we can get awesome content of us just having fun and chopping it up about football out and as much engagement as we can get with other people chiming in and people's thoughts and, and all that, we are very much excited to open up the community to coffee shop football and everything that we do. Uh, Zach, how about you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Zachic underscore FF and Z-A-C-H-I-C underscore FF. Um, I also do work for Reception Perception with Matt Harmon and James Coe. So you can find my work on there. Another great website to give a follow. Um, And I have some articles on there. You can find me on the podcast once a month doing a Dynasty segment as well. So appreciate your time, Kev. Uh, That was awesome, dude. for the day and see you next week. Appreciate you, brother.